Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a weekly podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. I'm Lee. And I'm Eddie. And this is episode 19, season 2. What? 19? You got a rhyme for it? No. 19. Cool beans. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'll take it. I feel like that works for any team, though. Yeah. I could do it every week if you like. 19 trampoline. What? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't make a lot of sense. But jumping off of that. Go for it. This week, we are talking about a recent book. Mm -hmm. Came out just this month in Ryan's The Student. And we're talking about Frank D. Felita's Audrey Rhodes. That's an old book. That's an old book. And guys, vote now on who you think is doing which. You may be surprised. What? We're also going to be talking about realism. What? Yeah. I know you think that I couldn't do it. You were all like, that Eddie only reads things from last century. Can't read a new book. (laughs) Can't be reading a new book, especially not one that just came out this month. But guess what? You were all wrong. I proved you wrong. Underdog, underdog, (laughs) underdog. Eddie, Eddie. I think it was last year I spoke about Ian Ryan. I remember. It It was a memorable time. So he wrote this novel called Four Days. And it features these like dodgy cops in, I think, Queensland. Mm. And they're just like these old school nasty ass cops Mm. who are all like embroiled in drugs and murder and scandal, vice, all of this sort of stuff. And I think it was like the 80s is when it's set. So it's a little bit like, not now. <laughs> no, <laughs> not you guys. I just assume he just really doesn't want to get pulled over by cops in, in, in Queensland. Yeah, these are what the cops used to do. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. But like now they'd be like, can I see your license? They'd be like, Ian Ryan. <laughs> Got a tail light out, mate. It's like, oh, no, I don't. Smash, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then he goes and writes about it in his new novel. Right, yeah. yeah. So the student is set in the 90s. So we're getting a little bit closer Ooh, to now. Okay. It's getting a little bit, you know, a mm-hmm. bit more contemporary. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to ease myself into this slowly. I'm reading a book that came out this month, but it's not set in this century. Go slow. There's no rush in this <laughs> life. I saw that he did a book launch for this book the other day in Melbourne. Right. At, we, a, at yeah. Grub Street Bookstore, which is, I love it. It's a secondhand bookstore on Brunswick Street in Fitzroy. Yeah. Sadly, we couldn't go. I remember we were doing something. But if it had been a sliding door situation, I yeah. would have gone. A Agree. Yes. It would have been like going on two dates yes. with like, you know how they do that in those kind of like comedy of errors, like capers have two dates going on and they're like running between the two restaurants, like yes. changing outfits. Yes. It would have been like that. Yeah. And I would like, but mine would just be putting my glasses on at the book launch, running back to dinner, taking my glasses off. Whoa. Some like Superman Clark Kent yes, shit. Yes. You know it. I would have just been putting a fake mustache on <laughs> and then taking it off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Go on. Point being, the student. So let me just set the scene. Do it. Gatton. Should I play some like ambiance music? Yeah, just some smooth jazz. All right, here we go. <laughs> go on, Eddie. Gatton, Queensland, 1994. Nate is a student dealing weed on the side. A girl called Maya Kibbe is dead. No one knows who killed her. Nate needs to refresh his supply, but his friend and dealer is missing. Nate is high. He is alone being hunted for the suitcase he's found and haunted by its contents. And as things turn from bad to worse, 
Nate uncovers far more than he bargained for. Wow. I just like the bit about him saying that he's high because it really sets the scene that this is going to be quite a confused, hectic novel. Am I right? You are in fact correct. All right. So something that I was really nervous about going into this book was... Oh, I'm just dropping my fucking That's pen. how nervous you are. I'm so... I'm just freaking <laughs> you out, You got man. the jitters, Eddie. Ooh, I'm high. No. <laughs> anyway. <our> Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that made me apprehensive going into the student was the fact that it is so focused on drugs. And I'm not against novels featuring drugs or about drug users, like any of that kind of thing. It's more just it takes a really, I'm going to say gentle touch mm-hmm. to write a trip mm. and it's it's the same kind of thing as like writing a dream or something or let's say i came over to your house today yeah and i said to you lee lee and i said yes go on eddie and i said lee yes and i said come on get it out spit it out i had the strangest dream oh. last night do you know what i would do i would say stop there eddie and then jump out the window <laughs> i don't need to hear about your nonsense dream <laughs> right yes so I was once doing a creative writing course and some very wise words were said by one of the tutors and lecturers. And she said, I know that your dreams and your experiences with recreational drugs and alcohol are all very fascinating to have experienced. But if you write those out, I will fall asleep. (laughs) I love it. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she wasn't quite that, but you know what? I I feel that she should have been a bit. I take the point. I um, I have a workmate that sometimes comes in and goes to tell me their dreams and then say, oh, Lee, I'm sorry. I know you're banned. This is a topic of conversation. And I was like, tell me anything. Tell me your feelings. Tell me how your day was. Tell me what your travel plans are. I don't need to hear your dreams, though. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to tell someone about my dream, I'm going to be like, it w- this was a theme. You know what I mean? Rather than like the particular details. Yeah. Like then I turned into a giant bumblebee and proceeded to collect honey from all the other lizards. Right? Yeah. I wish I had dreams like that. (laughs) (laughs) I just have really stressful dreams about catching public transport. Yeah. Yeah. Just about like connecting flights and stuff. God, that's that's bad enough in real life. Right? I hate catching public transport. I hate when you have a dream about the day that is ahead of you and you wake up and you have to do the whole day all over again. What's that called? Groundhog day. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just in a time loop actually. Cause I feel like deja vu. I think I've had this conversation before. <laughs> no, get on with it. You hate trips. And what does that mean for the non-drug initiated? Uh, I believe it is when you imbibe a recreational drug. Mm-hmm. Usually it is an illegal substance mm-hmm. and You then, and I believe the technical term for this, you're then high as balls. (laughs) Go on. Right? So, I, ah, look, I love sections of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, right? Not the film, not a huge fan of the film, but I do think... Is that Hunter S. Thompson? Yes. Yeah. I do think that Hunter S. Thompson does a really good job of having that kind of frenetic pace, that kind of stretching and dilating of time, and that kind of constant search for where the next hit is coming from. It reminds me of, I don't know if you've read it, but William S. Burroughs' Junkie. Mm, Very similar kind of style. But yeah, 
that search for the next and yeah. next whatever. Um, yeah. But he does it in such a, an amazing way. But it is a rare... Yeah, and I think that's the thing is it's, it's hen's teeth. I think it's really, really hard to write any kind of affected perception that doesn't come across as boring intentional yeah yeah yeah. i and but i do think that ian ryan does a really good job here cool i'm glad i'm glad that that worked out (laughs) we started out i I didn't know where you were going with it i didn't know if you liked it you loved it you hated it yeah so i think that the thing that he does really well is that sort of disorientation yes so i think he's focused really hard on particular aspects of it. So he talks about physiological effects. So I don't know, like dry mouth, that kind of thing. But then I think the really key element is affected judgment. Mm -hmm. So the guy in the book, what's his name? That's a good question. Nate. Nate. So Nate, he does a bunch of stuff that you're like, oh, look, I wouldn't do that ever. But I do think that... Ryan here has a really good reason for these things to be happening. Mm. His protagonist is suffering from the effects of these various substances he's putting in his body, both going on them and coming off of them. Mm. So I do think that it it manages to keep... I think it's a really good reason to have your protagonist be doing these things that are quite, I guess, unreasonable. Yeah, like, yeah. We were just talking about this a few weeks ago. Like right. When the writers make out, make the characters do something that we just think is unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if yeah. they're doing something that's impairing their judgment, mm. that makes complete sense. But it's Absolutely. not something that's utilised quite often. No, and I think, I think it's probably because of how difficult it is to write an interesting drug experience. But our guy Ian Ryan's done it? Yeah, I think he has. Mm. I think he's really got... But this kind of feeling of the world tilting around you while you're mm. sitting still, this kind of thing. He often gets in these punch-ups, so he's obviously also maybe got a concussion, yeah. like all of this sort of stuff. I think that uh, the mystery is really good. Everything's really well established. There's some great stuff with some bikies. So the first thing that happens... You love a bikey. I love a... Well... <laughs> <laughs> Like motorbikes. <laughs> so it starts out with Nate. He's standing in a phone booth, mm. which for those of you who maybe have never seen one, that's when your iPhone <laughs> has a cord on it and it's in a big glass box and you have to put money into the into the machine to call anyone. I know. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> it's, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> I saw a phone booth the other day. Now they have Wi-Fi. Yeah. Used for, I'm sure some people use them as phones, but mostly Wi-Fi hotspots. I actually used a phone booth. <laughs> Did you? The Did other you day. I think I called my partner because my phone had gone dead. Wow. And yeah, I only remember like three phone numbers. I was so. about to say, I'm so impressed that you remember the phone <laughs> number. I think I remember my dad's and my own. That's my own. That's all. Yeah, I think that's about, about my limit. Yeah. So he's in this phone booth and he's just calling around trying to find someone who's got weed because he sells weed. He's like trying to support his parents. Mm -hmm. So they're really behind on their mortgage. So you've got this real kind of sympathetic angle on Nate at the same time as him being a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, I love that. Which I think is a really important thing. Authors, please listen to me. (laughs) Make your characters complex and multi-layered like real people. Like no one's just bad. Yeah. And no one's just good. And while I think that that can be really tempting in genre fiction, especially in crime and mystery, I think, I don't think it's a temptation you should give in to. Resist. 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 But yeah, no, like 
I did see a lot of it coming, but I think that the reason you see it coming is because you can read around the protagonist. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to see it coming because he's in no position to be deducting anything. So yeah, he's in this phone booth. He's trying to get a hookup. All of his customers are calling him. The entirety of Grattan's gone dry. And then it just um, keeps spiraling down from there. It sounds like it's a book that would spiral. Yes, and spiral it does. (laughs) I would give it, I reckon, four stars. Like, we're talking about some pretty great Australian crime. It's really pacey, I would say. I think it probably doesn't treat women particularly well, Uh, but I do think in the context it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't lose points for that, but I guess I personally... You've put a post-it note. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I respect that. I like a good poster note. So four out of five, that's pretty dang good. Yeah, like I think it's recapturing that kind of gritty noir feel, but in an intensely regional Australian sort of a way, which is something I really appreciate. I think it's difficult to capture. It is a return to that kind of hopeless, boxed-in regional feeling. Yeah. But... I do think that that is a bit of a reality sometimes, so I don't think it's a cop-out to write in that mode. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. we were talking the other day, though, about these new crime fiction Australian novels that are coming out, i.e. The Dark Lake. By Sarah Bailey. And it had a certain hope to it, but at the same time, what you said is true. I think there is that reality for a lot of Mm -hmm. people living in, like, Australia, rural Australia. Yeah, so I would definitely recommend this book. It's pacey, it's interesting, it's a bit racy. Um, It's pacey, it's racy, it's four (laughs) out of five. Eddie loved it, get amongst it. (laughs) The Student by Ian Ryan. Yeah. So tell me about Audrey Rose. Okay, so... You guys are in for a treat. I'm already ready. So you said you were going to do The Student this week, and I Uh thought, you know uh what? I'm just going to flip this podcast on its head. Whoa. I'm going to go back into the the dusty, I don't know, library of my soul. Okay. It's getting heavy. And pull out a... Uh, a horror novel that I read when I was very small. I mean, how small are we talking? Old enough to read, but not old enough to be reading this book. Okay, okay. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you were a precocious child. You know, as a child, I don't know. I would pick up something, and it and it would uh, it would have a really big impact on me, mm-hmm. and it would be it was probably because I shouldn't be reading it right, at that yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. You pick but it up, read it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you pick it up, and it's kind of like power is just like coursing off of it. Yes, you're like, what is this mysterious tome? Yes, I have memories of sneaking books off my mum's shelves as a kid right because your mum big crime buff bit of a horror fan yes yes yeah i probably got this book off her anyway it was called audrey rose and who's a by some guy called frank right he's just frank to me (laughs) (laughs) it was written in the 1970s i know that it was later turned into a film okay but yeah so i picked up the book i must have been about oh i don't know 20 years ago or something right and okay so let me just lay the scene lay the sea. There's a couple. Right. And they have a young daughter. Okay. The daughter's name is Ivy and they're just going on with their life, doing right. what they do, doing what families do. Right, know. yeah. Probably having breakfast. She's, she goes to school, that kind of stuff. Yeah, probably like does some washing. Yeah. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. And then... Sounds like a yawn and a half, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it gets better. Okay, gets okay, better. okay. So then meanwhile, there's this other guy that has lost his daughter oh, or sad. his daughter died in a car accident. Right, okay, because I was going to say lost. I know, I use that word. It's a euphemism. <laughs> I should just say died. <laughs> so his daughter dies in a car accident mm-hmm. and he's distraught, overwrought with grief. Fair. Right? 
he goes to see a psychic who tells him. Okay, hold on. Back up, back up, back up. <laughs> Record scratch sound. Did he do anything before the psychic? <laughs> <laughs> he grieved Eddie, all right? Right? Okay, but I'm just saying. First point of call. <laughs> and I just, I don't want to like hate on anyone who goes to see psychics. Like that's 100% like fine. But I'm going to go see uh, like a counsellor. Before I go see you. Well, la di da. That's just because I go in and they're like, oh, sir, you are destined for terrible things. That's why I won't go and see a right? psychic. I believe in it too much. Because they're going to say some foreboding yeah. shit. <laughs> but he goes um, to see a psychic. Yeah, so this guy, Elliot, he goes to see a psychic and the psychic tells him, get this, that his daughter, who died in the car accident, her soul left her body, uh-huh. didn't have time to go wherever it's meant to go to and like rejuvenate, went straight into the body of a newborn baby. Oh, snap. Is this going where I think you, it's going? You know where this is going. Right, right. His daughter has entered the body of... A horse. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the the soul of his daughter has not had time to recuperate and has gone straight into the body of this girl Ivy, who right. we were introduced to at the start of my long story. Okay. Right. But the, so does the psychic say it's this girl right here? I've got a photo. No, no, no. She just says it went straight into the soul of another young baby, right. another okay. baby that okay. was born the moment his daughter died. Wow. Right. So he does a lot of detective work and he. He, he like, it's a long story, but he like compares birth dates and birth times and he settles on this young girl, Ivy. How do you find that stuff out? Well, you know, I don't know. Is like birth announcements, do you think? I guess so. Yeah. All right. Maybe Makes he sense. just went through like the Herald Sun, you know, the back pages where they're like, <laughs> little Johnny was born today. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he, he starts stalking essentially this family. Like you would. Like, look. If I go to a psychic and that psychic says to me, May, your daughter has been reborn in a racehorse, I'm going to be there trackside every day, placing bets, standing at the very end, being like, come on, Audrey. Yeah, so his dead daughter's name was Audrey Rose. Okay. Uh, anyway, so he starts stalking this family and this family are like, get the heck away from us. Like, look, that's a fair response. They're really terrified by this guy that's got a fixation on their daughter. Like, yeah. who wouldn't be? Oh, absolutely. Uh, but I guess, I guess it kind of, you know, spirals out of control. At the same time that this man is coming after this girl, telling this couple that he, that she is his re, uh, incarnated reincarnated daughter, daughter yeah. this Ivy starts to have to have these terrible night terrors, right? Well, look, if I was a kid and some guy started <laughs> following me around saying, you're my reincarnated daughter, I'd probably have night terrors too. What are you today? The voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brilliant story. All right, all right, all right. I've I'd written this story. Well, maybe you did. Maybe you are the reincarnation <laughs> of Frank. <laughs> all right. So uh, somehow this daughter is in the midst of a, a night terror and then Elliot is able to soothe her by calling her, not Ivy, but Audrey Rose. Oh my God. So you start to think, oh my gosh, is this actually a possibility? Well, I start to think, what was he doing near their sleeping child? <laughs> I absolutely agree. 
<laughs> anyway, right. long story short, they end up in a court case. What? Yes, they end up at court with Elliot trying to prove that Ivy, this couple's daughter, is actually the reincarnation of his daughter, Audrey Rose. I want to know what judge let that go to trial. <laughs> Yeah, as I'm saying it, it doesn't sound very realistic. I'm into it. Yeah. How many stars? Oh, let's give it five. What a brilliant nice. concept. <laughs> um, I saw, I was just looking up because I'd forgotten who wrote it, but right. I just saw that there was a like a sequel or a prequel written about 10 years later. Amazing. So I'll be on bookdepository.com after this. Yeah. Buying that book to my heart's content. Amazing. Bookdepository.com if you're listening. Send us some cash for that name drop. <laughs> so they go to court i'm done talking about, about it you're just gonna pick it apart <laughs> well i question the realism here is this a realistic i mean well does it have to be does it have to be and that brings us to our next topic realism so some of you may know that i'm an insufferable arts major <laughs> boy do i know <laughs> So I was thinking about the genre of crime, the genre of mystery, the genre of thriller. I imagine you spend a lot of time thinking about these things, Eddie. I do. Yeah. 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 Being the co-host of a famous crime fiction podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There is that. And I was thinking about this because often we have a lot of complaints about... Like you and I? Yes. Okay. Not like we as in... Melbourne or right, we right. is in the universe. Right, yeah. I guess I was very vague about that and I'd like to apologize. <laughs> I think that on this show we have often raised how realistic particular conventions and tropes are. Like you just picked apart that ring. <laughs> and I was I was so into it. <laughs> I will never apologize. <laughs> I will go to my grave unsorry for this moment. So I was just thinking about it. Is crime fiction a realistic genre? What do you think? Is it realism? Like it could be. Does it have to be? Do I have to say yes or no? Or can I just be like, maybe there's some <laughs> in-between space? <laughs> now nah, you got a yes or no. I'm just not a category guy. <laughs> I don't like labels, Eddie. <laughs> well, what's your point? Okay, so my point is a lot of research goes into crime, especially, I think. Yeah, big time. You always yeah. see at the start with their thanks and whatnot, mm-hmm. or at the end, they're like, thank you to the Santa Teresa Police Department <laughs> for taking me along for five months. Right? So yeah. like full castle shit. It's like you committed a year of your life just to researching this. Fully. And I think that there's something intensely fascinating about that. Because on the one hand, you have these authors who are committed to researching the shit out of what they do, making it as scientifically accurate as possible but shout out to patricia cornwell right yeah yeah we were all thinking it but on the other hand you've got them like having masses of serial killers which is like not statistically accurate not statistically accurate often a lot of like i don't know really lazy cliches Mm. and i think it's such an interesting contrast to have an author put so much effort into making something seem like it legitimately could happen and then have these really flat cardboard people walking around in this really wonderful world i have nothing to add to that because that's a very good point you just made (laughs) (laughs) why do you do it authors (laughs) step your game up Yeah. So I guess I was just thinking about this, like we were just watching the trailer for a film that's about to come out called 
the snowman. The snowman. It looks brilliant. <laughs> First of okay, all. Okay, I was raving, Eddie was ranting. <laughs> First of all, that snowman guy, that is me as a serial killer. Like, I'm just saying, I would be the person who would leave a shitty stick drawing of a snowman that says, hi, Mr. Policeman. <laughs> like, That's a direct quote from the film. <laughs> I would definitely do that. Second of all, we already know... And I could be wrong. And I really hope I'm wrong. We're going to go watch this to, to confirm it once it comes out. Erica. I'm there already. I'm, well, you're in two <laughs> okay, places I'm away. I'm here, but go on. <laughs> so, I don't know. I was just like watching it and I was like, okay, cool. Well, I guess I don't know technically who it is, except that I do kind of know who it is. Like, it's going to be some guy, doesn't like women. It's why he's murdering women. He's toying with the cops. So he's probably got some connection to law enforcement or something. It, it, it's like, you know, when you've watched heaps and heaps of like CSI or like Criminal Minds or like any of those police procedurals and then you hear like a like a sound in the other room and you're like instantly in that like FBI profiler mode. Yeah, you're yeah. like, white male, mid 40s, <laughs> has a bad relationship with his mother, probably drives a white van. Like, you know, you just like... Yeah. So even if that doesn't turn out to be the case of the snowman, it still very much could be the It case really of could the be. Yeah. And I just think that like I am often surprised who the killer is like I won't lie in any given novel film tv show I'm often wrong on my guesses but I'm not often wrong about the type of person it's gonna turn out to be so maybe I'll think it's this particular guy who obviously doesn't like women but it'll turn out to be the other guy who secretly didn't like women you know what I mean like it's just like start reading and you or like you already know it's going to be a particular type of person. And to me, I find that really disappointing. So I ask you, <clears throat> you as in Eddie. What? Yeah. Uh, if you could give some tips to the writers that will write the novels that you will read in the future, what right. are you looking for? Right. What am I looking for? Well, first of all, I am looking for characters who reflect the real world. If you're writing realism, I want characters who I can really picture existing. Do you think there aren't a lot of people that hate women? (laughs) (laughs) I think there's quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So, you know, I want there to be a diversity reflected on the pages that I see in everyday life. Like no one I know is the same as anyone else I know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just think that that's straight away tick for me if you can write more than one type of character I love you already I think the second thing is understand that the genre you're writing in is not necessarily as realistic as you think it is Mm -hmm. and that you are making the choices that you are making and they are going on the page for people to read. Yeah. So never, I, I find it so hard when authors are like, well, the characters just decided to do that. And I'm like, no, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe you wrote that down and decided that they would decide to do that. <laughs> so you're asking for a bit of um, what? I guess. A bit of freshness. Yeah, I just want freshness. I want people to be aware of what they're writing. Like I think, I don't know, I'm a bit of a postmodern guy. I know I'm reading a book. You're not going to trick me. That I'm not reading a book. You know what I mean? Like I can get lost in the pages of a book and that's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. But I'm never not aware that I'm reading a book. (laughs) And I do think that like being, you know, know your genre. I think one of the greatest pieces of advice I've ever been given is read. Mm. 
if you don't read as a writer, you're going to end up writing something that's really thin. Eddie, I can't wait to read your book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, given how much snooty ass advice I've like (laughs) just put out into the world, I really uh, hope I don't fuck it up. (laughs) Well, on that note. Yeah. We're out of time. We are out of time. We are Crime Time Podcast. I'm Lee. I'm Eddie. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Yeah. If you miss us too much in the meantime, if you want to see some of Eddie's silly Twitter tweets, (laughs) (laughs) you can check us out on Twitter at Crime Time Pod. You can check us an email at crimetimepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can uh, put a comment on this very episode Mm -hmm. on our website, crimetimepod.com. And if you are listening on iTunes, we beg you. Please. Please give us some stars or some money on Patreon. Your yeah. call. Either, either <laughs> one or the other. Just pick one. <laughs> one of them's easier than, than the other. So, yeah, I mean, that's how people find our podcast. A lot of people listen on iTunes, and a lot of you aren't giving us stars. We know. <laughs> we know a lot of you are listening. So, if everyone that was listening told one of their friends about us, yeah, that would be great. That'd be heaps good. All right, that's it for this week. Yeah, bother your friends and family. Bye. See ya.